Good morning again. How you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? You guys hungry? Come on. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming today. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. I want to say a special shout out from, uh, for our peeps in Amarillo, Texas that are watching us via watch party uh, with, with Kathy and Rowdy there. Hey, thank you so much for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. I just want to warn you. Uh, I am spiritually full today, okay? I've been fasting and praying, and, and hey, if you just came to church today or, or you've missed the last couple of weeks, we are in uh, the last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, jump in the last week, all right? Jump in the last week. It's not too late. Uh, pray and fast with us and end it on Saturday. Saturday is going to be a powerful, powerful time of worship and prayer. Friday? Friday, never mind. Friday, still going to be powerful, okay? Come on. A um, couple things before we get into it. Come on, wasn't Mike, Pastor Mike, awesome last week? Come on. Some of you said, look, look Pastor, um, we're glad you were sick, okay? So um, I don't know, that's not, that's not offensive to me, okay? It's all good. A um, uh, couple quick things before we, we get into it uh, today. Uh, some needs of the church, uh, really, right now. Um, one of the biggest needs that we have is early childhood. Uh, we needed some people to serve in there alongside of some amazing leaders that we have. Really, the most urgent need is about the next six weeks. Uh, we have a couple child care workers out for the next six weeks, and so we really need uh, some people that want to love on some babies and, and, and little kids. And so uh, if you go to the Welcome Center today and sign up, um, and, and really, if we get a bunch of people to sign up, you only have to serve once a month or twice uh, or once every other month, and so we just really, man, we're growing, okay, we're growing as a church, uh, not just uh, reaching people, man, we're reaching families, but we're, you're, you're having babies, okay, which, which, come on, I don't want to stop that, you know what I'm saying, and so uh, we, need, we need some people to help out in the, in the nursery, uh, and really the big need is for the next six weeks, and so I know some of you, look, Pastor, I can do that for you, uh, the only thing that we're going to ask you to do is Take a background check. Anybody that works with any kids in this building has to have a background check because we want to protect our kids. We really care uh, about protecting our children uh, in this house. Amen? So on Sunday, but also on Wednesday, we need some child care. Thursday, uh, the second and fourth Thursday, we also need uh, some child care. Again, man, go to the Welcome Center, sign up. Uh, man, if we get a bunch of people signed up, maybe once a month, every other month. Uh, the other thing is Thursday, uh, the second and fourth, we have this thing called Kids Club. Uh, Miss Jimmy does it. Man, she does an awesome job of Kids Club. We had 35 kids uh, at Kids Club last week, okay? And this is like from 6 to 11-year-olds. And, and it, it's an awesome time. She's looking for two helpers to help her uh, with Kids Club. Uh, again, it, it's, if we get a bunch of people to sign up, uh, you only have to do it once a month or every other month or every third month, okay? And so we're just uh, trying to help our growth, you know? We're, we're reaching a lot of families and, and a lot of families with kids, okay? And that's, man, that's a, health, that's just, that's a sign of a, of a healthy church that we're reaching 
families. And so we just, I'm um, just asking you as your pastor to just step up and help in, in these areas. And I know you will, okay? I know you, you are a church that loves to fill needs. And so that's why I'm asking you today, okay? The other thing, last thing is that if you are sick or feeling sick or you have kids that are feeling sick, if you could do me a favor uh, and our church people a favor and, and watch online, uh, okay? Man, I love that you want to be here even when you're sick. Um, but man, sickness travels really fast, okay? And uh, so I would just ask, uh, man, that you would stay home and watch online if your kids are sick or you're sick. And, and just, and I really appreciate that uh, as your pastor, okay? Awesome? Cool. So the word for the year here at Passion Life Church is challenge. This is the year of challenge. And what God is asking for, from us is he's asking us to give a special effort. And this is what we're doing. We're starting the year off with a 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? We want to give that special effort to God because we know he's going to bless the rest, Right? And so we, we started off uh, this series with, with a year of challenge, fast, 22, God's greatest awaits. And so today, these are one of these messages where, like, I can tell everybody's fasting and everybody's really hungry for the word of God, because this is one of these messages, I would call it a spiritual stew with extra tofu. Come on. <laughs> We're not eating meat right now, and it's tofu, okay? And, and this, this message just has a little bit of everything in it, okay? It's got some, some challenges in it. It's got some conviction in it. It's got some deep theology in it today. And so uh, get ready for a spiritual stew with some extra tofu, amen? Come on. Let's, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, this is your moment. We just come against the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We bind and rebuke Satan, the lies of the enemy, away from our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to your eternal word today. Father, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way completely. All, all of you and none of me in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. The title of my message or the question of my message is, do, does God know you? Does God know you? And the, the title of uh, the message today is, are you known by God? Does God know you? Now, some of you are like, well, yeah, of course he knows me, right? Because Jesus talks about this one passage in Scripture where God knows our needs, right? He's talking about worry. He's like, don't be worried. God knows what you physically need. He, he knows what you spiritually need, right? He, he knows your needs. He knows how many hairs are on your head, okay? And some of you are just making it really easy on God by just going bald, Okay? But Jesus isn't talking about, do you know God? Does God know you in a relationship way, in a deep, intimate relationship way? And that's what we're going to talk about today. When I was nine years old, I was, I was in third grade, and some of you are going to like, Pastor, this is really weird thing to remember. Okay, but listen, this is my life, okay? Stop judging me. 
I was nine years old, and, and I just started to begin to really love sports, okay, specifically basketball. And I had this little orange rubber ball in, in my playroom, and I was just dribbling it, right, in a little plastic hoop, you know, and shooting on the plastic hoop. And, and I just remembered this moment. It's just etched in my mind. I'm nine years old. I'm in third grade. I, I walk out of my playroom and into the living room, okay? My dad's watching TV, and he's watching TV on one of those TVs with, like, the, wood, the big wood around it. Come on. Anybody remember the wood TVs? Come on, somebody. Just like, I don't know why. It's just like this big wood thing. It made the TV like 500 pounds, right? Like, and, and, and so I just remember I'm coming out. My, my dad's watching basketball, and he's watching the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks, and, and I'm just watching it, and it's the first time I watched number 23, Michael Jordan, play. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, like, I mean, he's just killing them. Like, like he is doing whatever he wants. He's scoring. Like, like man, this guy is amazing. I want to be like Michael Jordan. From that point on, I'm nine years old. I'm like, I want to be like Mike. And so I, I research and I learn all of these weird facts about Michael Jordan, right? Like, like he's born in Brooklyn, New York, right? He, he got cut from his varsity basketball team as a sophomore, right? Like, like he goes to North Carolina, wins the national championship. He wins six national, he, he wins six world championships with the Chicago Bulls. I mean, I'm just learning all of these facts about Michael Jordan. I, I want to be like Michael Jordan. So I wore 23 in high school. I wore 23 in college, right? Uh, I drink Gatorade and I wear J's. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. I want to be like Mike. And so I'm doing everything I can to be like Michael Jordan. But if Michael Jordan were to ever meet me, he'd have no idea who I am. I know all of this information. I know all of these facts about Michael Jordan. But I don't really know Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan doesn't know me. Why? Because we don't have a relationship. And this is, this is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 7. Do we have an intimate relationship with God? Because it's important. It's really important. Matthew 7, 21. And this, is, these are, this is one of these passages that God always brings me back to, and, and I just wasn't ready. I didn't feel like God was ready uh, for me to preach on this passage, but, you know, we're in the middle of a fast, so I know you can handle it, okay? Come on. Matthew seven twenty one. Jesus says this, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Okay? Man, that's a pretty serious statement by Jesus. He says the only people that will, will enter heaven is the ones that, that actually do the Father's will. Right? And so I think where we need to start today is what is God's will? Right? And, and man, I, I've been lead pastor for, for nine years in this church, but I've been in ministry for about five or six years before that. And this is one of these big questions that followers of Christ struggle with, right? It's like, what is God's will? We, we get caught up in, man, what's God's will for my life? And many times what I've experienced is that many times people do things that they think God wants them to do because they think it's God's will for their life. And the reality is they're just bored or they've hit a spiritual wall, and they do good things instead of God things. 
And, and you're going to see when we get into this, the will of God is not what you do for money, okay? And, and I think we, we kind of get caught up in those. God really doesn't care what we do for money unless you're doing something illegal, okay? If you're a drug dealer, stop selling drugs, okay? Like, a little advice for you, okay? Um, what we do for money really doesn't matter to God, right? Or, or the will of God. It's much more about the way we live our life. That matters to God, okay? Okay, so there's two wills. Okay, here, here, here we go. We're, we're stirring up the spiritual stew, okay? Here we go. Uh, there, there's two wills of God, okay? The first will of God is the sovereign will of God, okay? And then the second will of God is God's will of command, okay? So let's, let's tackle this, this, the sovereign will of God. The sovereign will of God, there are things in this world that are absolute, Okay, that have to happen. It's God's sovereign will. Nothing is going to change this thing, whatever it is, okay? A great example is that Jesus had to come and die for us. There was nothing changing that. That was God's sovereign will, that Jesus would come and be the perfect sacrifice for us. Like, like there's no changing that. I mean, we, we, we see this dialogue between the Father and the Son in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? I mean, you want to talk about stress. Like, he's, he, he's like sweating drops of blood. And I mean, think about this. Jesus was fully God, but also fully human. And so Jesus had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit at the highest level. And so he has foreknowledge. So he's actually seen everything that's going to happen to him before it actually happens to him. Can you imagine that? The beatings, the crown of thorns, the whip, the, the nails in the hand, right? Like he's seen it all. And so he makes this statement to the father. He's just double checking. You know, I think we would double check too, okay? Father, if there's any other way that you can take this cup of suffering from me, take it from me. But you, you see the very next thing, what does he say? But let thy will be done, right? Let thy will be done. And that was God's sovereign will. It had to happen, whether it was Judas or Pilate or Herod. It, it was going to happen. Jesus had to die for our sins, okay? Another example of the sovereign will of God is that Jesus is going to return for us someday, right? The Father is going to send the Son back for us. And what I love about Scripture and what I love about God is that we're not flying blind into this thing, Right? Jesus says, no, 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 I'll give you signs, right, in, in the earth, right, like earthquakes and famines and plagues and wars and rumors of wars, right? I'm going to give you signs that said, hey, 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 look, I'm coming soon. Pay attention. I'm coming soon. Like, that's the sovereign will of God. And then he says, look, there's going to be signs in culture, right, that you're going to know that, hey, I'm coming back soon, right? I'm coming back soon with, man, eventually, guys, eventually there's going to be a one world government. There's going to be a one world currency. And here we're, we're like on the beginning, right? It feels like we're on the beginning of all of these things happening. We can see things in our culture, just the way people act towards you. They're just becoming lovers of themselves. And, and, and like we, we can see these signs. And the reason why we see these signs, Jesus is like, look, I don't want you to fly blind. I want you to get prepared for my return, and I think we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks, what we, should, what we should be doing to prepare for the return of Jesus, okay? So we have the sovereign will of God, okay? Nothing's changing the sovereign will of God. These things 
will happen, okay, because it's God's sovereign will. Okay, let's look at God's will of command. I don't want to read this definition for you, okay, because it's, it's simple, but it's not easy to do, okay? It, it, it's simple. God's will for our life is simple. It's just not always easy to do. God's will for us is to believe in Christ and love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul. That we repent of our sins, that we live a holy life, and that we love one another as we love ourselves. Right? So, so we see this definition. It, it seems pretty simple, but it's not always easy to do, right? I'm still working on loving other people as I love myself, right? Every single day. And what I love about God's will, like, like God's will of command, and listen, what's so special about God's will of command is that it it's brings in the free will to choose whether or not we want to obey God or not. See, God's given us the free will to choose to love him because if his love was not free to choose, that's not love at all, right? If we were just designed to follow Jesus that's, that man, we don't have the choice to follow Jesus. Like, he's looking for a relationship that goes both ways, right? And what I love about this definition is the only way that we can complete God's will of command is if grace is in the middle of it. Like, grace has to be in the, in the middle of all of this, right? When we repent of our sins, it's saying, okay, God, I, I'm asking forgiveness of this thing, and I want to turn from my sin and turn to you, but I need to receive your grace to be, to, to be able to move forward. So I love this definition, but man, the only way we can do that is grace. We have to rely on God to be able to fulfill his will of command. Let's continue with this passage, Matthew 7, 22 through 23. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. So let's stop there for a moment, okay? If your job was to receive applications for Christianity, okay? Like, like that was your job, and you had two stamps, approved and disapproved, okay? Some of you are like, Pastor, is this a real job? I'd like to apply for that job. How much does that job pay? Okay. Not a real job, guys. Okay. Not, not a real job. So anyway, you're, you're getting an application, right? And, and you're looking at the application. And, and on the application, you read uh, those three things, right? Prophesied in his name. Cast demons out in his name. Did many miracles in his name. Like you're taking the approval. You're stamping that, baby. You don't need to, to look at the rest of the application, right? Because we associate these things, right, with, with followers of Christ. But look at the next sentence. Jesus says, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And so Jesus is using this example and this whole phrase, this passage of phrase, is called true disciples, which means that there can be some fake ones, right? If there's true disciples, that means there can be some false ones that are just missing the point. And what Jesus is saying is, is these people are doing things 
Not out of relationship with me, but they're doing things for their own glory. Listen, they're, they're, they're praying over people. They're prophesying over people, not because they love that person, not because they care about that person, but they want that person to think that they're awesome. They're, they're not casting out demons to help someone's life. They're casting out demons in a hope that someone's watching them and think that they're awesome. They're not performing miracles to to help make someone's life better. They're performing miracles in the hope that somebody finds out that they prayed for something and something happened, so they think they're awesome. Jesus is saying, these people are all about themselves. They're all about their own glory and not mine. And I literally never had a relationship with them. And again, this begins with the Apostle Paul does a great job of saying, look, we are not saved by works. None of us can do enough stuff to make it to heaven. And it's the same will with God's will for our life. Guys, and doing work is important. Serving is important. Man, doing all that is really, really important, but it doesn't get us to heaven. Only by the grace of God do we make it to heaven. Only by the grace of God do we get to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And so he specifically says, man, those who break God's Laws. And Jesus makes it really simple, right? Love God, love people. And so they're not about loving God, and they're not about loving people. That's why Jesus is like, man, I, ne- I never knew you. Get away from me. So how can we make sure, right? Because some of you are nervous right now, okay? And that's not why I'm preaching this message to make you nervous about your salvation, okay? Some of you, yes, you, you need to be nervous, right? Maybe you're watching online, okay? Maybe you need to get right today with, with God. But that's not the whole point, okay? The whole point of this message is to make sure that we're cultivating an intimate relationship with Jesus, okay? So how do we do that? How do we do that? Man, Jesus has all the answers, okay? Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, remember a couple of weeks ago, Jesus said what? When you fast, right? And so he's implying that we're going to fast. He's implying that we're going to pray. Like this is going to be part of your walk with Jesus. This is going to be part of being a follower of Christ that you fast and you pray. He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. This passage of scripture, I mean, scripture is always relevant in any culture in any time, but I believe that it's, it's so relevant here today because what is Jesus talking about here? He's talking about blocking out distractions in our lives. We live in a world of distraction, Right? That's with us 24 hours a day. For, for many of us, it is literally the first thing that we look at in the morning, and it's the last thing that we look at when we go to bed. Our lives are so filled with distraction. And Jesus is saying, look, 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 look. You need to get away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. And get along with God. Come on. You parents know. Okay? You parents know. Intimacy doesn't happen when the door's open. Come on, somebody. (laughs) 
You got kids, you got dogs, you got cats, you got neighbors and friends, they just come in your house, right? Intimacy doesn't happen unless the door is shut. And Jesus is saying, I need you to get along with me and have some quality time with me. Guys, this is how an intimate relationship happens with Jesus. And listen, listen, it's not about quantity. I'm telling you right now, it's all about quality. Think about this. You, you're, you're going on a date with, with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend and girlfriend. You're, you're on a date, okay? An hour and a half. You're sitting at a restaurant, and your significant other is on their phone literally the whole time. They're talking on the phone, they're texting, they're emailing. You're, you're in the same room, but not really. You're not really present, right? How many times does this happen in our life where, man, we're with people, but we're not really present because we're distracted by everything? What Jesus is saying, I need you to get along with me. I need you to go to a quiet place. When I grew up, it was called getting in your closet, getting in your prayer closet. And the, the whole, uh, ter- that whole term meant is getting along with God in a quiet place. And yes, some of you are going to have to wake up early in the morning for that to happen. I used to wake up at 4.30 in the morning just to get in my quiet time, just to get alone with God. Some of you who are night owls, man, just stay up and just, just be with God. Listen, Sometimes it's like five or ten minutes. That's why I'm talking about quality time, just getting alone with God. It's all about that quality time, sitting in quiet, alone. This phrase this week changed me, and, and it's a game changer for you, okay, once you understand this. And it's this phrase, God loves our presence more than we love his. Just let that soak in to your soul. God loves our presence more than we love his. He can't love us any more than he loves us right now in this moment. What broke the heart of God so much in the garden? You see, every day, In the book of Genesis, it says that every day God would come down in the cool of the day and walk in the garden. And Adam and Eve would would hear God walking in the garden, right? And and God said, look, man, you can touch anything in the garden. You can have whatever you want in the garden except this one tree, right? Except this one tree of good and evil. But man, I I picture God would, would come down and we walk in the garden, right? In the cool of the day. And it would be Adam and Eve's choice whether or not they wanted to walk alongside of God. And, and, and then what I see in my mind is, man, God would come down and walk. And then, then there, Adam would run up. Eve would run up. His children would run up. And they would, just, they would just spend time with God. And I don't even know if they would talk. Maybe they would just enjoy each other's presence, right? God enjoys your presence. He just wants to be with you. And what broke his heart is when Adam and Eve took a bite of that apple and sin came into this earth, what broke his heart is no longer could he be in humanity's presence. 
because God cannot commingle with sin. And so no longer could he have this face-to-face dialogue or, or be in the presence of his children any longer until the coming of the Holy Spirit. That is what's so special about the Holy Spirit. Man, when we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we can now, God can now enjoy our presence because we're filtered through Jesus. When he looks at us, he sees, he sees Jesus first, and then he sees us. We see the story of the prodigal son, and I'm going to end here. We see the story of the prodigal son, right? Many of us know it. Son wants his inheritance. Dad gives it to him. He runs off. He goes and parties and gambles and blows all of his money, and he ends up in a pigsty, and he's like, what the heck am I doing? He runs back to the father. And what happens? The father doesn't stop him and say, go get cleaned up. You disgust me. The father doesn't rip him, right? The father doesn't discipline him. What does the father do in that moment? The father, man, hugs his son. He kisses him. He says, hey, 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 get the best robe and put it on my son. Go get the ring. Go get the ring. Put a ring on on his son's finger. The ring had the family signet on it. Listen to me. The moment the son came back was the moment he was part of the family again. Why did he go throw a party? He threw a party because he loves the presence of his son. Man, like that's what he was so excited about. Man, I get to be with my son again. I get to spend time with my son again. I get to experience his presence again. Guys, we we complicate this thing so much in our lives. God just wants to spend time with us. That's how we cultivate this deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. Because he loves our presence more than we love his. I mean, just like some of you that, that have kids and some of you that, that you actually like your spouse, right? Like, like you, you like to spend time with them, right? It doesn't even matter what you're doing. You just, man, you could be in the room watching TV or, or whatever it is, but man, you're together and you just love their presence, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing. Like your kids are just in the room, man. You just, you love their presence. Like this is how God feels about us. He, he just wants quality time with us. And, and guys, look. This thing, is, this thing can be a thorn between us and God. And I, listen, I know some of you, you like to read your Bible on this, and I do too sometimes, but when you're having that quality time, you need to shut this off. Go get a physical Bible. And if you don't have one, we'll, we'll give you one today. It's just too tempting. There's just too, man, there's just too many distractions there. Man, I, I believe the reason we saw such a move of God in the 80s and the 90s is because we actually had people getting alone with God, getting in their closet and on their knees and had this deep, intimate relationship with God. And over the years, we've just lost it. We, we've just lost it. Man, we just need to get back 
to the heart of God and be in his presence. God loves our presence more than we love his. He's just yearning to spend time with his children. And sometimes, guys, listen, sometimes I don't even say anything when I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just like, I just thank God and just want to experience your presence, God. It's not even about the words we say. It's just about like, God, I just want to spend time with the Father. Knowing that he loves our presence. Come on, this week. Let's get rid of the distractions. Come on, last week of the fast. Let's spend quality time with the Father. Let's allow him to enjoy our presence this week. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you'd say this morning, Pastor, first things first. Maybe you've never committed your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've drifted and you just got consumed by the things of this world. And today's the day where you make a recommitment to follow Jesus and to have an intimate relationship with him. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, my heart as your pastor that no one in this room or watching online would ever hear those words from Jesus. But we would hear, welcome, good and faithful servant. Come on. I just want to ask that everybody would repeat this prayer after me as we hope those making the greatest decision of life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on that cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.